Today's episode of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast is brought to you by Remarkably Remote, a new daily microcast from the experts at GoToMeeting, all about making work from home work for you. With indispensable intel on how to stay sane, motivated, and productive at home, we're here to help you in this brave new remote working world. Find us on smart speakers or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. You can also listen at gotomeeting.com slash tips. That's gotomeeting.com slash tips. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your most favorite show of all time. The Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast, Under the Radar, Wednesdays, with my friend, the anti-streamer, Ian Kahn. Hello, my friends. And your friend, the GM of the Milwaukee Brewers, no, the San Diego Padres, Derek Van Riper. What's going on, fellas? Poor Derek Van Riper. You know what? I don't feel bad for you because I offered you some trades for Profar and you said, no, thanks, bro. And it looks like Ian did, too. And you said, no, thanks, bro. Yeah. You know why? Because on the show last week... Uh, when we were talking about the Eduardo Escobar for Lurie Garcia trade that we had made, uh, you said to Nando, you, you said to Derek, would you have taken Escobar for Profar? And he goes, absolutely. So <laughs> I was sitting there and I went, all right, you know what? I could use, I'm, I'm right now I'm playing Mancata at second base and Eduardo Escobar at third. And I was like, you know what? I'll flip es- Escobar to Derek. And so I reset Derek. I'm like, yo, Escobar for Profar? He's like, let me take a look. And I'm like, oh no. <laughs> that's it. That's, let me that's take a look. Nice, it's not good. That's Johnny Midwest. <laughs> trying to be nice about it, and then and then Chibata Bread goes, um, "Is that right, Chibata? Yeah, that's right. Actually, yeah, hey, congratulations." He 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 writes back and he's like, "You know what? I'm I'd rather pass because the in the sim Profar is really really good and Escobar isn't as good." And I went, "Yeah, I get it." And he was like, "Sorry," and I was like, "Yeah," but I had to give him some crap about it because on the show he said that he would take that deal, but it was pretty with messed me. up, man. And I, nah, it's not because if you still had Profar, if you still had Escobar. Eduardo Escobar, and he said that to you, that would have worked. But that was a whole new conversation. I was just trying to get in on that because Profar is really good in the sim. So DVR has full pass on that. You know who we wouldn't do that to? You know? Would he? That's a no, great question. Yeah, yeah he, I don't think he, he would. He's That's show number one for him. We're just kind of like his, uh, it's Wednesday. Nah, we're fun. DVR... <laughs> If Eno had if Eno had done that, let's say he heard the show, would you have taken the deal or would you have done the exact same thing? I believe you would have done the exact same thing. No, I would have done the exact same thing. I think the thing that kind of caught me last week with the sim is realizing that the way the sim grades and values the players matters a little bit more than the way I grade and value the players. So yeah. like in real life, I would make that trade in a second. I I think Escobar is a better player than Profar. The Sim doesn't think that, so here we are. Totally makes sense. And look, this OOTP, which may seem a little strange, we have some trades that we made, but what's interesting is not like the inside of you know the trade, but the thought process that goes into how you build a deal like this, because it can relate directly to Keeper Leagues and Dynasty Leagues as well. Um, so we have some trades that we're going to talk about too, right, Nando? Oh, yeah. Uh, but I, I would like to get first and foremost the league's biggest news. Derek Van Riper got Yasiel Puig. It was a free-for-all. Uh, I guess I'm assuming some other teams bid on him. I didn't see any of the results, but uh, DVR, how much did you spend on Puig? What did you offer him? And did the OOTP? I assume it didn't because we didn't have a lot of uh, days of the sim yet. Uh, by the way, if you don't know what we're talking about, there's this game called OOTP. If you're listening to this show, I can almost guarantee you'll enjoy it. Um, I think it's like $19. Uh, it's called Out of the Park Baseball 21. 
Um, it's, it allows you to sim the whole season. And I guarantee you, like, we're doing it live with a bunch of beat, like 20 beat writers and then a bunch of our fantasy guys. Um, but, uh, like, I, you just sit there and do it by yourself and you'll get lost in it. Like, I've taken the Toronto Blue Jays and completely revamped that team. And it's awesome. And I'm in 2023 right now or something. Um, but it, it's just, I don't know. It's a fun game. Uh, we're obsessed with it. Well, I'm obsessed with it. It sounds like you two are getting there. Um, anyway, so in the league, Yasiel Puig's obviously still a free agent. DVR not happy with his outfield. Put some money out there. And what you do is you offer a contract to the guy. And then the the guy, the quote unquote, the guy, um, you know, oh, let me get back to you in a couple of days. I like your offer or something like that. Um, so DVR, what did you do? Did you come out swinging with the first offer or did you tweak it a little bit? Give us the process of signing Yasiel Puig to the San Diego Padres. So I looked at the depth chart and you can do a couple things with the Padres where you could platoon, you know, Josh Naylor and Will Myers or Franchi Cordero and Will Myers. And then you could roll your kind of roll your backup option at first base behind Eric Hosmer. So in, in the Padres case, that's like Brian Dozier. I think you could sort of just make him a first baseman and he might make some errors to begin the season, but it'll probably be okay eventually. And the way I looked at it, I'm not convinced that the Sim is going to do much with Franchi as, as much as he's loved in fantasy circles and as toolsy as he is. Another one of those cases where value in the game and value in our minds might be a little bit off. And I just saw Puig as actually a really good fit because he's a right-handed hitter. We know right-handed power is actually uh, kind of like league average in that ballpark in San Diego. For a left-handed hitting power hitter, it's a much more difficult place to be. So I thought production-wise, he made sense. You know, He's a guy that doesn't have to platoon. Uh, there is a, a clubhouse component, a chemistry component yeah. to this that uh-huh. I think I'm rolling the dice on. But I I kind of went for about half of what he was asking for. I think when I looked at the sim, he was asking for at least a three-year deal, maybe a four-year deal worth $13 million per or something like that. It was kind of comparable, I guess, to like a Nick Castellanos free agent deal. And I gave him two for 22. So I front-loaded the contract a little bit too. So if he ruins my clubhouse and I want to get rid of him. You know, he's only a like a nine million dollar player in the second year of the deal. There's a club option for a third year. I I kind of borrowed a, a page from the David Stern's free agency playbook, I think, with how I structured that particular offer. I was surprised someone else didn't go higher. I mean, we we, we don't really know if, if there's a, a season beyond this one in our sim. So overspending on a free agent might not be that big of a deal anyway, but I wanted to play it out kind of the right way and offer him you know, what I thought was a fair deal, and I was happy to get him. By the way, when DVR says – sorry, I just want to clarify for the people listening. When he says there's a clubhouse element to it, he's not messing around. Like they're actually – like you, you're going to get notes from some of your players that are like, I'm not happy with my playing time. I want, I demand a trade. You get updates to say, you know, the, the fans don't like that we got Puig or the fans love that we got Puig. And then like, you know, there's the – he's got a clubhouse rating, and he could actually – hurt the clubhouse and that'll ding some of the morale i guess and some of the play anyways ian sorry i just want to i just want to clarify that it sounded like he was joking a little bit listening to it no no yeah but it's not that's actually part of the game and and puig i'm, I'm trying to figure out it, what were his numbers the cool thing is it goes 20 to 80 so like if you're like trout is an 80 grade player so what is puig's numbers he's a you're, 50 he's an overall 50 potential 50 uh, he's got 55 power, but 50 for all the other hitting things. He's actually got a 65 st- stolen, uh, stealing bases rating. Yeah. And then he's got a 45 base running. Cause we've seen him even with his speed. He, he can be over aggressive and make some pretty big mistakes. Uh, so I think it's all pretty 
realistic. His personality, it lists him as uh, immature in his behavior, personality class outspoken. Uh, he's high on greed and he's low on leadership, loyalty, and work ethic. So yeah, that's sure. why I didn't. That's why I didn't get him. I I'm didn't. Sure, that, I'm, I'm sure something will go wrong with regard to how the sim plays out his season just from like an internal standpoint. Or they could be like, he's great. He turned a corner and he's so happy to be a Padre. He made my team better. That's how I looked at it. And I I felt like the the risk is worth the potential reward here. Yeah. I got Devin Travis on a minor league deal, by the way. That's your man. That's he was hiding. Like if you go through all the free agents, like there's Devin Travis is just sitting there. And like he he's got something left in his tank. He was just injured the last What is his number? What is his number? Didn't even look, to be honest, man. I could find out. <laughs> <laughs> he just I, I didn't He's look. like, I want him. Yeah, I want him. Devin Travis. I, I love him. I, I love him. him. I could pull the game. I know in my head what Devin Travis's number is. I don't know what it is. I'm going to guess his number is a 30. No way. 30 or 35 at top. Well, hold on. Like this. So here's the drawback. Uh, there's a lot of like uh, you've got to go through a lot of stuff to get to Devin Travis. Oh wait, I can just search his name. Yeah, right? you, that's the you know, and I want to thank Jamie who is our commissioner. Yeah, shout out Jamie Clark. Absolutely, because I did a uh, I, I had made changes into my lineup because I made a big trade which we're going to get into later. Oh, you and I made the changes. But how I, did you know that? Because that's, <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah, all right. Sorry. <laughs> I hope you didn't give him a lot of money. Um. But so I made the changes, but I assumed that they were in, but I didn't export it. So I realized fast, I'll talk about the trade in a minute, but I realized quickly that Zach Collins was still my DH and I had made a trade that involved Danny Santana, who I knew was, should have been in my lineup. And I was like, oh no, I guess I was supposed to do something else. I was supposed to export it. So it's like, unlike in fantasy where you, you set your lineup. And it's done. Like here, you said your lineup, but then you have to export it to like the thing. So he actually went in in the middle of the simulation, and he's like, "No, I can fix it. Like that's why I'm here." And he like switched around my rotation and got the guys in. And and then after my devastating uh, injury that happened in the second inning on opening day, um, I w- I'm actually going to be covered. But we'll get to that in a minute. Well, yeah, might he's as well a get thirty to it now. Right? Go ahead. Yeah, he is a thirty. He's a thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much what I would have expected. Um, but hey, you know, the sim the sim may be wrong. And I, you've been loving Devin Travis for as long as I've known you. <laughs> I feel still like. got faith, man. So I made a trade. Uh, and I actually checked with you guys before I made it because I was like, is this right? I traded a really great young prospect in Nick Madrigal and a kind of decent to not so great prospect in Dane Dunning. And what I got, because the the thought process behind it is, if we were going to play this out for 20 years, I might not have made this trade. Um, But but I still might have. But the fact that we're really focusing on this year and maybe next year, like it's a good trade. It feels like a good trade. Um, I traded Nick Madrigal and Dane Dunning for all of the salary and the players of Lance Lynn, Mike Miner, Danny Santana, and $24,500,000. So the idea was I would get Gio Gonzalez and Ronaldo Lopez out of my rotation, move them to my bullpen, which was a weakness. So they're in middle relief, and they're both actually pitching great in the, in that position. And then have um, you know Lance Lynn become my number two or number three uh, behind Giolito, who's a beast so far, and have Mike Miner come in back of the rotation, which is great. And then Danny Santana, who ends up because he's just eligible and plays defense well everywhere, which is another thing that's different about this game is like you really have to take defense into account. It's not just about how you hit. Um, 
and Danny Santana can play all over the field. And in the second inning of the first game, Eloy Jimenez goes down. It says, while throwing the ball, Eloy Jimenez is injured. And I'm like, what? Did he just get Tommy John surgery? Is he out for the year? I am, oh my God. And I'm like waiting. I'm like, I'll screw this. Um, But he has a a strained oblique out four to five weeks. So he and and Edwin Encarnacion are both on my injured list. But I moved Danny Santana from DH to left field full-time. Louis Robert is killing it in center field. Nomar Mazar is solid. Uh, Abreu, Moncada, Tim Anderson's also hurt for five games. Um, Eduardo Escobar and Yasmani Grandal, who is an 80 player in this format, which I don't quite understand, but I'm for it. So the team is looking good. We're 5-1 and one in the first week, and it's uh, it's a lot of fun, I have to say. Do you, uh, do you want Cole Calhoun? I mean... Uh, I, I'm just trying to help you out with your Eloy Jimenez, you know. You know who I want? David Peralta, like everybody else? No, I don't want uh, David Peralta. I want Kettle Marte. No. So, oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. It's weird. You want my best player? Sure. Yeah, I do. I want your best player. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> sure. Who do you want to give me for him? I got to give you somebody. I already I got give you like a package. <laughs> I've got to give you like a package of great players to get Kettle Marte. Uh, I don't think I'll be doing that. I'm sorry. Okay, fair enough. Because I, just, because I need him. No, I get it. But I was looking through your team. I was like, ooh, I really like him. I'm a like, Kettle Marte. That would really be helpful. Well, where are you on Yoan Mankata? Yeah, it would, I would have to, like, it would have to be something like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I'm not going to offer you, you know, like, Aaron Bummer. Give me, give me Kettle Marte. <laughs> give me watch Bummer. out. That's, that's a shot across DVR's bow right there. Well, Yeah. Bow, DVR, bow, bow, bow. It's not a bow. Yeah, it's a bow. But so anyway, it was. It's been. It was kind of fun last night when Jamie ran the simulation. It was like, oh my god, here we go, and like you, you feel the anxiety, and it, it almost, it feels like real baseball, you know, like you've got to set your depth chart. You've got like how many days that you want. It's, it's worth a look. It's worth a look for sure. Yeah. Uh, so you're five and one. The Diamondbacks are four and three, and the Padres slumping to three and four. Man, I don't know DVR. It seems Tough like Profar is dragging that team down a little bit. How was Mackenzie Gore in his first start? It's a good question. Uh, I was a little worried about that because it doesn't really merge with the reality necessarily to have him up right away. I think there's a chance that happens. It looks like his first start, six innings, five Ks, two walks, two earned runs, six hits. Yeah. Pretty pretty good for a, a guy that basically skipped most of A and all of AAA. Pretty good. I think I would trade Marte for Joey Lucchese and Yuan Mancada. If you two want to work, but the rest I have of Lucchese. Out. I know, I know. I'm just saying, if you guys want to try and work something out, I think I would do that. See, you want Mancada and Joey Lucchese for Cattell Marte? Yeah, I think that's fair. See, the thing about that trade for me is that I, I'm I'm getting it. Well, like I guess. What do I need from the White Sox though? Like, that, like why why am I making a trade right now? Well, it would be Aaron Bummer, but I gotta I gotta like look at it closer and see. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, let's yeah, let's not bog down the show with that kind of trade stuff because yeah. we still got eight minutes of the Incon mailbag at the end that we gotta. Wow, yeah. it's gonna be intense. All um, right, here we go. Just a couple other quick things. Uh, Chris Archer, I got Chris Archer. I trade away Robbie Ray. There are some other elements to it, but basically, it's kind of cool. Is Rob Beertemple, like our our Pirates writer, who came to me and he's like, "Hey, Dalton Varsho." Um, and he had a cool story about it, like Dalton Varsho's dad, Gary Varsho, said that his dream was to have Dalton Varsho in a, a Pittsburgh Pirates uniform in one of his stories that he wrote. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I can make this happen. I don't like Robbie Ray. And then we worked a couple things out. And, you know, it, it, look, 
there's an element of this where I think if Rob writes a story on it, you know, maybe I help the story a little bit. But I think it ended up being a fair trade at the end of the day. I don't remember exactly what it was off the top of my head. I don't think it was. It didn't make it in this sim because we reported it after the six o'clock run. It'll be in the next one. Well, I, I also want to say Mike Pilucci. Pi is that how you pronounce his name? I'm going to say Mike Pilucci. Mike Pilucci. He's the Mike Pilucci. One of the editors for Dallas. And he and he he runs the Texas team. Yeah, he's fire sailing big time, man. He's rebuilding Dude, that gentleman. team. Nice. A, a gentleman, just a pleasure to to work with on that trade. On well, trade, just a nice guy. Yeah, it's good. People. Yeah, man, really good yeah. people. Nice, really fun. And actually, you can do it with like five or eight guys. Like if you, uh, let's say this: if you've got your, and we don't own any part of this, like that's not why we're doing it. But if you have like twelve guys and you're doing your fantasy baseball league, you can take those twelve guys and start a simulation of a league, and it's really kind of fun because it's yeah, but you it's, know what? it has that same level of engagement. You need to get a commissioner. I found. Like for these online leagues, like we don't know what we're doing. Jamie Clark is handling the whole thing for us, and he's been amazing. That's true. Um, Jamie so has been amazing. What I would do is have the 12 people take the same team and then run it to like 2024 20, and see, you know what I mean? Like, so everyone takes the Blue Jays and then you just kind of, you know, run it on your own, run your sim and then compare results uh, and see who, you know, who won the World Series with the Blue Jays. Because you make trades right, like listen to the Godfather. I'm just saying, like, listen my, to the Godfather. my Blue Jays team looks nothing like the Blue Jays team I got. You know what I mean? Like, I got. You still have Bichette? Yeah, I kept I kept all the young guys. That's why I picked okay. the Blue Jays. Like I wanted Bichette, and I wanted uh, I wanted Vlad, obviously. Um, but you know, I made you know, obviously Lewis Brinson's my center fielder. Just things like that have happened. <laughs> <laughs> Jose De Leon is my number four starter. Adam, man, hey, and Devin Travis, what? He's coming back to the Blue Jays. I actually didn't do that for the Blue Jays because I didn't go through the free agents that deep. Uh, but now, like you know, this league I'm taking very seriously. That was kind of like for fun, anyway. It's fun. It's if you can't tell that we've spent the first twenty minutes talking about this game, it's a lot of fun, especially if you're a fantasy guy or a girl. Yeah. Um, fun. I want to, I want to go on to the Arizona plan here. Uh, if you guys are cool with that, this that Ken Rosenthal reported, Jeff Passan reported a little more uh, that it looks like they're going to at least have a plan to try and go ahead with playing games uh, in the parks. And DVR and Eno got into this on rates and barrels, so I don't want to just I don't want to go over it. I was just wondering the percent chance you guys think this might actually happen. Uh, Ian, I'll start with you. Unfortunately, from my perspective, it seems uh, highly unlikely. Um, I saw Eric Sogard's wife posted something about how she really doesn't want her husband to be away from her family for four and a half months. But also, which which I kind of respect, but also it it's dangerous. Like It just feels a little dangerous during these times. So um, as much as I would love to have baseball this year... It seems a little uh, overhopeful from my perspective. Uh, so I think my my the chances of Arizona baseball starting at the end of May, I would give less than ten percent to be honest. Um, hopefully, something like in July might be awesome, like our August, September, October, November, like something like that. Like get hopefully enough in that that we can have a full experience of a season or as close to it as possible. But make sure that people are safe because that's primary and it would suck to have like a team get sick with it and then like half the players be hurt from that so what do they do Do they end up like forfeiting the games like it just seems it seems dangerous as much as it would be freaking awesome that while we're at home being safe as i think so many of us are and so many of our listeners are it'd be amazing to have baseball all day but i just worry about the people involved that's my that's my take 
All right, thanks for that percentage uh, <laughs> TVR. <laughs> so you're saying zero? Under 10%. Zero? All right, okay. No, no, All right. no under 10%. So, like, I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me, but uh, I guess it could happen. I'm at kind of the same, yeah, I'm at the same level, I think, for the for that proposal in its entirety. And I think the biggest issue that I've had with it, I think this is where Eno was on it too, is that the timeline just seems too aggressive. Like like May, late May, early June, that seems really far-fetched. The idea of eventually playing a season either in Arizona or split between Arizona and Florida makes a lot of sense to reduce the amount of air travel and going city to city around the country. I get that. I think conceptually that might be a step in the right direction. Uh, I think the scope of the two, I guess of the resources that are going to be necessary to pull this off, the ability to safely provide housing and food and transportation for probably let's be, let's be honest. We're talking 30 teams, larger rosters. You're going to have to have some minor league players around who aren't on the roster in case someone gets hurt. So those guys are going to have to train and be taken care of. Perhaps families are included at some point as well. TV people, uh, employees who are you know, working at the hotels where these players are staying, people preparing the food, um, production people. Like That's a group of 3,000 people. If we're kind of just spitballing some numbers here, you have to keep 3,000 people basically in isolation but still play games. Uh, that seems really tough. I think there are a lot of issues that are still going to have to be worked out with it. I, I like that they're trying to think of different ways to have baseball at some point. But as Ian said, safety has to come first. Uh, you can't start stockpiling tests in Arizona for baseball players and people who are trying to make baseball happen if there aren't enough tests for the general population. Like That needs to be addressed as well. And maybe by that time, production will have caught up. Maybe. But I don't know. I, I just I, I think it's, it's, it's wish casting in a lot of ways. I, I was... Excited when I saw the proposal just because it gave me hope that they're trying hard to get something done, but that doesn't seem like the answer. All right, I, 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 I don't want to spend too much time on it because it could change in a week with another report, and you guys did a good job with it on Rates and Barrels, so I don't want to just, you know, we don't want to repeat it. But check out Rates and Barrels. Uh, they did a good job with it. Um, Great show. Also, DVR, just wondering how you feel about your former coworker Jeff Erickson, uh, and his tweet. That I put down on the rundown at number four there. I don't know if you saw it, but he's running a campaign against rates and barrels in the uh, baseball pods brackets. I just like your thoughts on that, your old friend. Yeah, that, that sounds like Jeff, right? <laughs> well, he's saying, <laughs> as much as we love and respect the folks from the athletic, please give Clay Link and uh, RJ Anderson a little love here. And it's for baseball pods. Rates and barrels going up against uh, Clay and RJ. Uh, Clay. Clay. <laughs> I don't know what I'm saying here. Clay so Link and James Anderson. Yeah, James Anderson. Thank you. That's a tough man. Wow, look at that. And for a second round matchup, that was um, that was That's, pretty cruel. That is cruel. Jeez. You won though. Congratulations. If we did. I, I think we get a matchup now with Sleeper in the Bust, which is just another Jeez. ridiculous one. It's like I think everybody I'm going up against here on out is either a really close friend, someone I respect, or somebody I've worked with at some point, or all three in some of those cases, which is just madness. We don't have our own thing right we're just part of the the athletic fantasy baseball podcast is that right. correct yeah yeah right so how's that doing good question we, we read, uh, we're in the yellow tree oh that's the one that closes tomorrow round but, two wow. so we, so we, we did win in round one 
Yeah, we took down poor Tony Sincata. Oh, we did? Yeah, good morning, I... fantasy baseball. Uh, sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. Sorry, Tony. Yeah, but what is Jeff supposed to do? And we're as playing much as we love and respect. Sorry, I think I think as much as we love and respect the folks from the athletic, please give Clay Lincoln Real Anderson a little love here. That's clean. That's clean. What a jerk, well huh? Handled. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty ah. well handled on his <laughs> that's, part. That's that's Jeff being Mayor Jeff. Um but it's pretty good, man. <laughs> at baseball pods on Twitter, Chris is the guy's name. He's been running a bracket now for a little over a week. If you listen to this show, you listen to other pods, go in and vote. It's a really cool thing that he set up. It's a good way to highlight a lot of great shows that are out there. I mean, there are plenty of shows in this bracket that I have never heard of, but that doesn't mean that they're not good. So if you support those shows, support this show, uh, it's awesome. It's just kind of cool to see what people are really listening to and, and who they support. Did also, feel he... Uh, <laughs> to win. Chris, Chris also reached out to me, and he's got a website, um, and it's at baseball-pods.com, which I went and checked out, and I really liked it. So he he's doing his own thing. Jason, Justin Mason told him he needed to get a website because Justin knows how to you know build a build a brand. And so uh, Chris sent me that, and it's uh, he had this really cool thing on the, his top ninety nine prospects. I really liked it. So I encourage you check it out. It's really cool. Well, we're going up against prospects three sixty five today. Those guys are good today or tomorrow. I don't I don't understand how it works. I haven't been tagged in anything, so I don't know. This is. I stumbled upon this one because I follow Jeff, and I just want to start some trouble. He is a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Um. So, by the way, next week. So next week we're gonna do uh, kind of like a newlywed game with the two of you, which I thought would be fun. It's not. It's not like <laughs> ego stroking. It's more like I can ask DVR a question about a player, and I want him to tell me what he thinks Ian would say about this player. Ooh, I you like know, that. Fill in the blank. Fun. True. Yeah. Right. So it's good. It's gonna be a fantasy yeah. show, but it's just with a little twist, just to keep things a little lively. Um. But I Although, did, so, guys, we're lively, man. We're lively. I mean, we're, for, lively. You know, we're keeping it lively. Yeah, Fun. we do. You're right. But it never hurts to yeah. throw a game in once in a while. Absolutely love it. I love it. Um, but I did want to – so one of the questions, and it's going to be old by next week, but the, the thing that inspired this was I watched that John Krasinski Some Good News thing. Um, yes. And the first, you know, where the little good girl's show. like, I never got to see Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda, like, Zoom-bombed and then brought the whole cast on to sing the song for the girl. Um, DVR, I was just wondering if you thought that Ian cried when he saw that. Some good news is is definitely something that can lift you up. If you're having a bad day and just really down based on the actual broader news that we're inundated with, it will make you feel better. Uh, I'm going to say no on this one. I, I don't I don't think that's in Ian's nature, even though I, I'm sure he was moved by that piece. Ian? Well, um, it is by nature. To I I I'll give a good cry on something that feels good. I was more I was more awed by it than teared by it. Uh, I'm such a huge fan of Hamilton, man. I, I mean, I have I have good stories I could tell about that at some point, um, where I was able to go see the show with the original cast, hang out backstage, and meet Chris Jackson, who played George Washington, and got to meet Lin Manuel. Got to meet the, you know he kind of Chris brought me around everybody. So I'm a huge Hamilton fan, and to be able to watch them do it the way they did. 
uh, was amazing and uh, so good that it was like two o'clock in the morning and I woke up my wife and I was like, you have to watch this. I don't think I woke her up, but I think she got, woke up like it was like one in the morning or whatever. I think I came to bed late and I was like, you got to see this. And she was like, are you serious? I'm like, yeah, you have to watch this because I wanted to be with her when she saw it as opposed to her seeing it in the morning and coming up and saying, oh my God, Hamilton. So it is so great. It's so good. And Leslie Odom, people don't, people have to really know the show well to understand. Leslie Odom has grown in the role. I know that sounds crazy, but his Aaron Burr, the way he used to play it is very different than how he would play it now, two years later. Like, it's a totally different guy. And that's a deep, awesome, there's some reasoning behind that. Like, he he's turned him into more of a malevolent character, which you can actually see in this. So it was fantastic. Just, you know, awesome. Loved it. Didn't cry. When you met the George Washington, the other George Washington, was it kind of like, I'm, you know, I'm George Washington. You're George Washington. This is kind of this is kind of cool. Nah, no. It was it was. Look, I had just watched him play George Washington on stage for two and a half hours, and he was brilliant beyond belief. So, like, I had I think it, another time I could tell you the whole. <laughs> if we do another eight minutes, we could do eight <laughs> minutes on that. Um, but no, Chris was amazing, and he had watched my portrayal of Washington on Turn, which is more than you guys have done. Um, and oh, he, we're getting there. So when we went. When, yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a pandemic. But when we went to um, when I went backstage, he was he was just lovely. I mean, it was a lot of warmth, and you know, we just as he said, we kind of just geeked out on George Washington together on on what, what it is that we saw, what we as we believe. But the show is the best. I mean, just frankly, the best. It's the best show I've ever seen. Um, I took Tony Kornheiser to see it, which is another part of the eight minutes. Um, and Tony was like, look, I love West Side Story. Best show ever. West Side Story. And I'm like, just watch. And then we finished the show and he looks at me and goes, this is better than West Side Story. It's a terrible Tony Kornheiser impression. How long have you been friends with Tony Kornheiser? Well, yeah, I, was, I don't know if you did that just so you could try and do an impression or if you actually did bring Tony Kornheiser with you. No, I definitely brought Tony Kornheiser with me to the show. I haven't seen Tony. <laughs> See, now it sounds like you're lying again. <laughs> the, the way you answered that. <laughs> No, no, I, I'm the I, I do the voice of the Tony Kornheiser show. I'm I do uh, I I do as George Washington. I said previously on the Tony Kornheiser show, this is General George Washington, and you're listening to the Tony Kornheiser show. So that was it. I had a publicist when we were I was going to D.C. to promote season three, and my publicist at the time, who's still my good friend, I love him, said, "Hey, do you, is there anybody anything you want to do?" I was like, "Well, I'd love to go to the Pardon the Interruption Studios." Uh, to meet Tony Kornheiser. Is there any way I can do that? Because we grew up in the same hometown. And he's like, yeah, let me see what I can do. And so he set that up. And then Tony and I became really tight for like a couple of years. For like a year, we were like, I used to go to his house for dinner. I did. The, I would go do the radio show all the time. I would call in. Um, and I haven't spoken to him in a while because I kind of, I brought him to Hamilton. And part of the reason I got to go see Hamilton again for the second time was my wife reached out to Chris Jackson, who plays played George Washington, and said, hey, I want to surprise my Ian. I want to surprise Ian with tickets to take Tony Kornheiser to Hamilton. Can you do this for me? Um, and she and Chris worked it out. It was like the last week of the show. And my wife was like, had gotten Tony's phone number from my phone and was like texting Tony. And Tony was like, Nicole, I don't travel. I never travel. And you're telling me I have to come to New York to do Father's Day with your husband. I'm not sure I'm going to do this. And like it turned to this big thing and Nicole felt so terrible. And then Chris came through with the tickets and then Tony arrived. And it was the, it was one of my favorite moments of my entire life. Nicole said, hey, if I could get you anything you wanted for Father's Day, what would it be? And I said, anything I want. And I tried to get Hamilton tickets because it was back then. It was like trying to get fresh direct delivered. 
So I said, anything in the world? She said, if you had anything in the world, what would you want? I said, I would want to go see Hamilton before the original cast leaves. That's what I would want. You can't get me that. So why are you even asking? And she said, what if I told you that on two, in, it was Friday night. What if I told you that Sunday you have two tickets for the matinee and you're going with Tony Kornheiser to see it? And I went, What? And she like showed me all the texts and everything. And like, there was a message from Tony saying, Nicole, you're screwing with my life. You know, so it was this fantastic <laughs> thing. But then we went and saw the show. Went, and the reason we got it, the reason Chris got it was he wanted to meet Tony Kornheiser. So, you know, and then we went, saw the show, hung out backstage, got some great pictures with Tony and Chris, Tony and Anthony Ramos, who's now like the biggest star in the world. So it was, it was, uh, it was a unique and fun time. I got to reach out to Tony again. It's been a while since I've talked to him. I think now's a great time, right? Be like, hey, man, uh, how's everything going? You healthy? You talked about you on the podcast today. Just checking in. Perfect. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. yeah but, Previously on the Tony, every time I check, I'm like, I haven't talked to him in a while, but I'm still there. I'm still Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, Gary Braun's wife does previously on the Tony Kornheiser show, and then Tuesdays and Thursdays I do it. It, it was fun. It was it was it was a it's a fun little thing. Don't it's even know how story. we got. Oh yeah, because no. of Hamilton. Yeah, yeah. There's your story. All right, so you story. <laughs> Look for more of that. No, I did not cry. Week. All right, but you were moved. We'll say you were yeah, it was it was right. awesome. Everyone should watch it. John Krasinski is killing it on that show. Um, he's just doing amazing, and and that last five minutes is if whew, so good. But it is uh, all right. DVR, we got a mailbag question. So, so some more of the newlywed game. I'll think of a fun name for it next week. Uh, but DVR, we got a mailbag question. If you wanna you wanna read this one, there's a lot. There's a lot, but it's a good question. Sure, the email reads hey guys big fan of the show hope you guys are all doing well i'm in a dynasty league and i was curious if you guys think i should go for it this year or wait a season it's a 10 team roto league obp is added as a category and it looks like holds is an additional pitching category otherwise it's the other five hitting and pitching categories you'd expect they do start two catchers uh, and they'd start five outfielders as well so the team i'll run through it real quick carson kelly will smith pete alonzo scott kingery matt chapman Corey Seager, Tommy Edmond, Cody Bellinger, Austin Meadows, Joey Gallo, Giancarlo Stanton, Trey Mancini, Lorenzo Cain, Nick Solak, Nick Senzel, uh, some bench guys of interest, I would say. Alex Verdugo is pretty interesting in this format. Maybe Brendan Rogers. Rogers. Uh, prospects, Wander Franco, Dylan Carlson, Jarrett Kelnick, uh, Drew Waters. People are kind of split on him. Monty Harrison's kind of interesting for speed, especially. He's got good prospects at the top, at least. He's got Laranach. He's got Madrigal. He's got C.J. Abrams. Yeah. And he listed Madrigal pretty late there. Yeah. And then he's got uh, a lot of good pitchers, too. Look at this pitching staff. Bueller, Flaherty, Barrios, Castillo, Woodruff, Kopech, Dustin May. It is a 10-team league, so you have to kind of, like, realize a lot of people have loaded teams. But he's got good pitching prospects, too. He's got Nate Pearson. He's got Casey Mize. He's got Daniel Lynch. Uh, I I think this is a team where you you go for it. Like, you're, you're pretty well built across the board with the offense you got plenty of pitching and you've got enough prospect depth you can go out and get what you need that's my snap read on it what are you thinking yeah i mean i was like <laughs> i had to go back and look and see that it was a 10 team league i was like all right but the first thing is like do you go for it this year or wait a season find another league because your team's do good that was my first thought um you got to be challenged more because your prospects are ridiculous but in 10 team league sure you can totally go for it here why not there's no downside to it. Let me flip this around then. If we're going to go for it, uh, he's got some holes here. I mean, Trey Mancini, I don't think he's – I mean, even with like – let's say the season starts in July. 
I don't think Trey Mancini is going to be back uh, anytime soon. Um, Lorenzo Cain might be a mini hole. I mean, if this isn't a points league, this is, I know OBP something, but I think, I think a lot of his value in points leagues came from not striking out and hit a lot of doubles too. No, he's good in Roto because he'll get you some stolen bases. Kane's good for another year or two. He's, what is he now though? Is he like a 15, 15 kind of guy in a regular season? Something like that. Maybe a little, maybe a little more speed. Like I, I think he lost a little speed last year because he was playing with a bunch of leg injuries. We may have talked. We talked about him like a month ago. A, a time is so messed up. But I tune out when I hear Lorenzo Kane's name. So he's just boring. <laughs> so you got to ask Ian. No, uh, he's he's good. I mean, in a league where you got to start five outfielders, I think he's definitely good enough, even in a ten-team league, to have one of those spots. I, I would agree that one more outfielder is probably a priority. Dylan Carlson. Dylan Carlson. Carlson's probably Carlson's- there right away. Yeah, um, yeah, but in a ten-team league, at second start- base is the other spot too. Like I, right. I'm, I'm upgrading that for sure. I like Kingery. I like Kingery. In a ten- you like him enough though, in a ten-team like- league. Yeah, yeah, I kind of do. I, I, I just look. He's a former top twenty-five prospect. He was last year was his first like full season. He threw up 18, 19 home runs. I, I don't know the exact stat line, but he helped me win a pretty big league last year, and he was very instrumental. So I'm all for it. I, I'm a fan. And then you're waiting on you, you. He's ready to go. There's, there's no question in my mind because then you got Madrigal who will be coming up soon. Especially if people are starting it up. What I do think might happen is I think that the minor leagues might be one team. Like each team has each like team has like one minor league team that'll have guys all the way from triple A to low A, but they all combine for one team. So like for the Padres, CJ Abrams would be on that team. Um and guys who are even closer, Mackenzie Gore would be on the minor league team for this year. I just think that that's something that could happen. In which case anything can happen, because then you could see CJ Abrams coming up. I kind of think the minor leagues will be a complex league this year. Like where Ian, as you described it, those players might be playing inter-squad games against each other a lot at each team's like home spring training facility. Yeah, and since that's there aren't, a better idea. I mean, there's not enough. There aren't enough facilities for every team to have one, but most of them are designed for two teams to be there at least. And I wonder if that'll be how we see prospects continue their development. Where you're, you're going to have to be selected into that. It's going to get messy if that's what it comes down to, but. I kind of alluded to this in the Arizona plan. Like teams need to have more players than they have on the roster ready to play, and the only way to do that is to bring them along and have them doing something just to kind of stay fit. Because I can't imagine we get anything that resembles a normal-looking minor league season where there are over a hundred places in this country where there are gatherings happening for the sake of minor league baseball. That that seems like an extreme long shot, and that's not even really part of the the broader conversation. It's kind of just you know secondary at this point well those double headers that's gonna i think that's what's gonna do it like if you're gonna play a bunch of double headers if this plan actually happens which i still don't think it will but if if it does if you're gonna play a bunch of double headers you're gonna have to have extra catchers uh a ton of like at least three extra pitchers a week starters um and then just extra position players because the arizona heat's terrible so my assumption is that you're gonna fill that out with a lot of minor leaguers Maybe thirty-five man rosters instead of twenty-five, which again, like, is just adding more people into this bubble that they're creating. Um, I don't know. The whole thing's crazy, but uh, that's how you have to do it. You don't have a choice if you're going to play double headers. Yeah, that that's the part of the of the schedule proposals that have been going around that makes the least amount of sense to me is jamming in double headers. Like that just seems like an absolute surefire way to burn through more players than usual. 
Uh, you, but you put more on TV, you know? I would love to see it happen, but I'm more interested in making sure that our kids get back to school in September. You know what I'm saying? Like that, get our children back in their development. Baseball would be great, but there's got to be, you know, did is South Korea started playing already? Have they already started the game? I think it was this morning. Actually, one of my friends sent an email said if my calculations are correct, there was a spring training game today, but I didn't see people and tweeting they, about it, so I don't know. Are they playing? Are they? Are they? Are there fans going to be? They're going to be fans in South Korea. There haven't been any fans at all to this point. Uh, it's all been inter-squad prior to now. Hey, man, look. It, look, we all we all need to find our joy and happiness in the way that we can. I, I ended up watching um, the top 100 plays from 2019 yesterday. Some really great baseball plays. So, you know, there's there's stuff to be watched. Let's keep the players safe. Worst thing, you know, we don't want to lose anybody. People people are dying, man. You know, you got to people are dying. So we got to we got to just be safe. And it seems like we as a nation are doing a great job overall, like really great. And that's why the numbers are are flattening. And so we just got to keep being patient and keep being disciplined and and we'll get through this. We're going to get through this and we'll come out the other side of it, which will be awesome. And we'll be grateful for everything. Uh, I can't wear a mask. Like I made a mask out of a T-shirt for my shopping trip today. I had to cut one of my beloved T-shirts in half. Um, and you know how they say don't wear contacts? You want to wear glasses? So I did that. And I, all I did was fogged up my glasses pretty bad. <laughs> I got to figure out if anyone has any tips on how not to fog up your glasses while you're wearing a mask made out of a T-shirt. Uh, Do you have goggles? Do you have like uh, swimming goggles? No, man. I don't have a pool. Yeah, but go, Amazon yourself some swimming goggles because I think that's the I think that's a good path. That's what people are saying. I'm a, or just get food delivered. Yeah, but you know that goes into someone's car. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't want. I'll, I'd rather just go and that person's in the store, so I might as well be in the store. That's the same risk level right there. Then they're putting it in their car. Who knows what's been going on in there? All right, that's my. That's how I'm thinking of it. There was a line of at least. 100 people to get into Whole Foods this morning. So I just hightailed it. Yeah, it was crazy. I'd never seen anything like it before. I mean, obviously, there's you, that's true for everything. But uh, I was like, no, see you later. <laughs> I'm going to the Acme. I don't care. I'll get, you know, not as great meats, I guess. I hear you. Which you I should have gone, yeah, gone to the Acme first. But anyway. Uh, okay. So I, I want to save eight minutes at the end here for uh, for the Ian Con acting mailbag. Um but uh, DVR, you just threw something in the rundown. Mike D. Giovanna from uh, the Los Angeles Times, I think, right? He had a tweet 14 hours ago, so we're talking almost noon on Wednesday as we record. The 10-team Korean baseball organization appears on track to start exhibition play April 21st and the regular season in early May, but one outbreak and it could be shut down. This according to former Angels catcher Hank Conger, who is now a Lotte Giants coach. I can't believe he's coached. That's Man, you know, like you forget about what happened to this guy, and there's your answer. That's pretty awesome. April twenty first is my birthday, bro. That's my birthday. Hey, look at that. Hey, hey, hey! I'm gonna be old, man. I'm gonna be. I'm older than both y'all. I'm gonna be forty eight years old. That's a that's an adult human. You don't look a day over thirty eight. No, it's probably well, maybe depends. Are you cutting your own hair? I did. Oh, I gotta thank you for that. Wait, you so actually listen to that was, advice? 
I did. I did what you said. Nice. Uh, you put it. You put it on Twitter, right? You said you just take the the razor and you get the biggest thing, the biggest uh, what's it called, the attachment, and yeah. just go around the side of your head. Don't do the top of your head. So I did it. My wife was like, "Oh, look at look at you. You look like a person again." <laughs> nice. But then, like like two days later, I, it, like the rest of it, started, and I was like, "Ooh, what did I do?" But it was it was too much. I'm, I'm thinking of doing it to my sons, like. My wife will go take a nap. She's like, "Don't cut their hair." I'm like, "I got it." Look, my older son looks like he looks like a like. If she, oh my god, we need to cut that hair. It's so much easier than you think it is. Like, so you take like you take like yeah. the five the, the five blade or whatever, or maybe yeah. six, depending. Like my hair is shorter, so I, you know I go a little tighter. But you just take that and do everything, and then you go back to the side. So if you did the five all over the place, you take like the four or the, even the three. You know, in my case, the one, and I just go up the sides. And, but you can tell, like, when your head starts to curve a little bit, that's when you kind of, like, buzz up. Like, just imagine you're the barber. You know how the barber kind of pulls up a little bit at the end there? That's when you know when you start to curve a little bit. You just pull it up a little bit. Um, and then make that line the same all the way around. And then you just pick a number right in the middle of the two that you used and use that for the part in between, like, the ridges of your curves. And then you're good. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm just surviving. This is just – that was just a survival Nando Khan cut. Yeah. That's what I did. I did a survival <laughs> Nando Khan cut. Well, I'm here to help. And it's it's better. It's definitely better. DVR, how about you? I actually... His wife did. Oh, that's yeah, right. Yeah, you wife, sent us that text. My wife cut my hair. I, I didn't put any of the pictures out yet. I took a few pictures along the way because she took a few breaks. And she was trying to replicate what would actually happen if I got a, a real haircut. And it's about 60% of the way it should be, which is way better <laughs> than I would have done on my own. Like I give her a ton of credit for doing that well because if I cut my own hair... It's only a buzz cut. That's the only thing I could even pull off. I can't have any sort of like lines or fades or anything. I don't do it for any other reason than I couldn't find a good barber after I lost my barber. So, like, where did like, he go? I, uh, he just retired. So I went oh, to a few. Like, I, I went to the same place. The the, the new barber kind of sucked. Um, but I don't have Ian. You're probably the same way. Like when the guys like, hey, you know, you're next. I'm like, okay. Not like I'm gonna wait for Jeff over here. I feel bad. Uh, so. I just couldn't, like, I went to a bunch of places, couldn't find anyone good. I'm like, screw it, you know, like, these new guys mess it up anyway. So I come home and I just kind of clip, clip, clip until it looks right. Uh, So I just taught myself how to do it. Yeah, no, I don't go to barbers because back in the day, it was in, like, mid, I was, like, in my mid-20s. And there was a place in the West Village where I lived where I would go and get my hair cut. And it was, like, nine bucks or eight bucks, whatever. It was, like, six bucks back then. And um, and then I went and there was this woman who worked at Bloomingdale's and she was like a personal shopper there. And I had to go to get a suit or something. I forget what it was. And she said, ooh, who, who cut your hair? And I said, oh, I go to this uh, barbershop right by my house. She goes, is, is it, how much is it? I said, like six bucks. And she goes, yeah, you're an actor, right? I said, yeah. She goes, sometimes cheap is expensive. <laughs> and that That's was good it. Point. <laughs> and I went, is it bad? She's like, you look terrible. You got a duck on your head. You're not going to get a job for months. And I was like, oh, damn, all right. I guess that's the end of that. So sometimes cheap is expensive. That's where that, that was born in my life. Uh, that's great. Uh, speaking of which, Ian Khan, the actor. Let's get into the Ian Khan acting mailbag. You gave, you promised us eight minutes. Well, you started with 20 minutes. He, he texted us, Derek, was it two nights, three nights ago? And, and he texted us, like, let's do 20 minutes. I'm like, nobody wants 20 minutes. And I'm like, how about five? And then he writes back, 15, 15. And then I was like, all right, let's do eight. So we're going to do eight. I don't know what I was doing. I was looking back at that thread, and there were 15 straight texts between the two of you before I chimed in with an LOL and then went to bed. 
Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes it's me and Nando. Sometimes it's you and Nando. Sometimes it's me and you. On, on a Sunday night, I mean, dishes, cooking. I don't even remember you what were, I was doing. I know. See, I have a theory of what you were doing. Getting your hair cut. Because about two hours before, Nando, check this out. About two hours before that thread is when I posted to you, hey, how about Escobar for Profar? What do you think? And you had not <laughs> answered that yet. So I'm like, he cannot, he can't get involved in our, in our thread until he answers the Profar. So what we got was an LOL, but before he went to bed, he goes, I'll take a look at it. That's how I think it, that went down. I may be wrong. I may be wrong, but that's what I was like. I was like, he's not. He, he doesn't want to do that trade, nor he should dodging he. You. He was dodging in. He was. He was doing yeah. the full, he was doing the full uh, Derek Van Riper dodge. You guys have seen the movie Christmas Story, right? It's on all the time around Christmas. You guys know the movie pretty well? Of course. I've seen it. I don't know it that well. All right. Well, there's, there's a scene. Ralphie, the main kid, glasses, is standing in line to see Santa Claus with his yes. little brother, Randy. And the characters from the Wizard of Oz are at the department store where they're waiting for Santa Claus. So, like, the Wicked Witch or somebody comes up to him and starts messing with him. And she says something like, what a tasty little boy. And he's, he just says, don't bother me. I'm thinking. And he's like a 10-year-old <laughs> kid, which is such a weird response for a 10-year-old kid to say that to, you know, someone in character from kind of a kid's sort of movie. Um, that's me. I'm Ralphie in, in most situations. <laughs> like... You know, you guys are, are doing fun stuff, and I'm just like, yeah, don't bother me. I'm thinking. That's why he's. That's why Nando, without Derek, we would just be like meat and cheese and like mayonnaise. We need a little bit of thought in this show. No, Thank God, nah, I need to, uh, for Van Riper. I need, to, I need to chill a little. I need to be more like Ferris. Van Riper's trying to deflect the fact that he wanted to trade Profar <laughs> and offered him to us, and then we said, okay, here are two deals, and then said no. Because <laughs> yeah, he's a 55 in the game. Nah, in he's the a game, 55. It's a, sim. it's a sim. You know, the, the 55 yeah, is right. not the end all be all. If, if we had switched and I had Profar and he had Escobar and he offered me Escobar and I had said that, you know what I would have said back to him? I would have said, yeah, let me think about that. And then come back the next day and say, yeah, I think I'm going to pass on that idea. It's, it's, the, it's the exact same, yeah. right? Totally. There are two Blue Jays right outside my window on this street. Now, Blue Jays hang out, but two Blue Jays just flew by. I think it has to be because of Nando. It must be. How about that? For some crazy crap. It's a sign. Yeah, on that man, note. All about signs. Ian Conn acting mailbag. Let's go. Mike Pilucci, okay. our friend, actually wrote in, is playing George oh, Washington as badass as I imagine it would be because I imagine it's pretty badass. Uh, answer quickly. Yeah, it was totally badass. There were also some real challenges. There was a pressure of knowing that like every the, – the pressure going into seasons one and seasons two were immense because I had to get people to buy the fact that I actually was the guy. Once I got past that – you know, hurdle. And it was like, okay, I am the guy. It was badass, but also there were moments of extreme frustration because when you're playing a character who, you know, the guy is very disciplined, extremely disciplined. So when you're playing a guy who's extremely disciplined, like you can't let loose. And part of the fun of being an actor is sort of releasing stuff. And this guy was holding everything in. So it was both badass and its most awesome parts, like the Battle of Monmouth, the Battle of Yorktown. Those were some of the most fun. There's some scenes that were you know, the deeply fun. But then there were moments where I was just like, oh, just relax, old man. So that's the answer. Uh, Adam Trask wants to know, what was it like working with Zach Braff in my summer as a girl for the CBS School Break special? And how did you land what appears to have been your first TV show gig? And then a follow-up, at the time, did you see your or Zach's careers becoming as big as they are now? Well, I don't know how big mine is compared to Zach's. Zach's huge star. Uh, I did kind of look at Zach as we were doing it. It was like Tootsie. Um, and I, I would, if you remember that movie Tootsie and he was the Tootsie role and I was the guy who was in love with Tootsie. Tootsie um, so role. I get nice. to play the, 
<laughs> I see what you did. Um, so you did that. You know, it was interesting. When I played the, yeah, but you caught it. When I played the uh, the character in the audition, he was written to be like kind of a slime ball, like, hey, babe, you want to go to the movies? Like, come on, babe, give it up, you know? And when I went over the audition, I was like, I'm not going to play it like that. So I made him kind of a dork. And I was like, hey, babe, you want to you wanna go to the movies? And the director was like, nobody else did it like this. I like this guy. And that was my first gig. I was, I was like a month out of college. And I got this, uh, this part. And it was, it was a big deal at the time, you know? Because my agent was like, look at you. You're going to be an actor. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. My, like, I knew I was going to be a freaking actor. I'm glad you guys are catching up. Um, <laughs> Zach, there was a feeling. I looked at Zach. I was like, "Yeah, you're gonna go places, man." Because he was very confident. He was like, "I was 22. He was 20. He had just done like a small part playing Woody Allen's son in a movie." And I was like, "Dude, you're gonna be a big star." He's like, "Yep." And he was like, "You're gonna be. I don't know what you're gonna be." I was like, "I'm gonna be a big star too. I'm gonna be huge. I'm gonna be big, you know." Because when you're 22, you believe stuff like that. And uh, Zach is huge, and I'm just fine. You're huge, man. You're come on. You're a uh, what are we? A five seed? In the baseball pods bracket? No, we're a two. We're a two. My bad. Yeah, we're a two. Yeah, there you go. In fantasy baseball world, boom. Love it. Lyle, love it. Actually, there's another guy named Zach Braff who's in the fantasy baseball world, right? So I'm doing a mock draft with Scott White uh, for CBS, and Zach Braff is in it. So I, I like message him, and I'm like, yo, dude, what's up? How are you? Last time I saw you, you were in a dress. And he was like, uh, I'm sorry, who are you? And I was like, Zach, it's me. We did my summer as a girl together. He's like, different Zach Braff. I was like, how many Zach Braffs can there be? So, uh, yeah. But Zach's a Zach's great actor, great creator. That movie Jersey State was really good. Scrubs, you know, Zach Braff. Garden State. Is that it? Garden State. See, there you go. Didn't even know. Garden State. But it's a good movie. Natalie Portman. This is a good question. It is. Who would do a better job of playing Ian Khan in his biopic, Nando or DVR? I mean, it's pretty obvious to me. It's Nando because Nando is, you know, we're, we're similar. We're similar animals in the world. You know, as Derek says, he's more of a Cameron from Ferris Bueller and he's trying to work to become a Ferris. Uh, Nando and I are both kind of more Ferrises, I think, Uh and so, yeah, I, I would cast Nando. And also, physically, we're similar, more similar than me and DVR. And we're both kind of Semitic looking. You know, the Italian. And it, it's, I'm going Nando on that. Nando, what do you think? Who, who would do it better? Uh, I don't know, man. You know, I think DVR might do a good job. Better than me. Yeah, you, your daughter is screaming, no. Yeah, I know. She's like, all right, fine. You. It'll be me. <laughs> it would be you. You can hear that? <laughs> yeah, heard that. Yeah. Uh, all right, fine. It's me. Sorry, DVR. It's all right. Are you sure? I think I'll be okay. All right. Yeah, he'll be great. No, we're all look, man. It's like, you know, different baseball players. Like like I like I said earlier in the show, without DVR, you and me, we're too alike, Nando. We, we, the show would be a mess. We would, like, we would never get, you know, so we need Derek. Like, it's like my older brother and I are... Best of friends. I love the guy, but we're very different, and it's part of what makes it work. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's my brother. My older brother is a more like a, you know, he's like a n- nuts and bolts kind of guy, and I'm more like a free flowing guy. And Derek is more like my older brother. Like if someone was going to play my older brother in a biopic, is going to be Derek Van Riper. Actually, it's it's a good fit. There you go. We'd buy a Mariano bag together. 
Yes, we would. And Derek would be like, we would totally buy the Mariano bag. And Derek would be like, I don't know if we're going to spend $800 on a, on a Mariano bag. Although that was my younger brother. So that's slightly different. And my younger no, brother's well, kind know, of a mix. We'll merge them together brother. into one brother for, uh, for the film. Sounds right. Yeah, I think that'll be fair. Successful mailbag. Successful Ian Khan acting mailbag, I would say. There we go. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, so we got to run. On that note, your eight minutes are up, friend. Uh, next week. I'm done. Next week, 10 questions to DVR about Ian, 10 to Ian about DVR. We're going to see how well they know each other. Um, check out theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast, 40% off, or just go to basically any story and get your free 90-day trial. Subscribe, review. We love you all. Uh, help us move to the next round, I guess, if you feel compelled to, but Prospects 365, they're nice guys too, so I don't, you know, I don't feel good yeah, campaigning. Very good. Yeah, I'm not Jeff Erickson. I'm not going to campaign against them. Uh <laughs> <laughs> for Ian Rome, the brother of actress Elizabeth Rome. See you guys next week. For Derek Van Riper, who gets to play two brothers in a biopic. Looking forward to it. Puig, your friend, too. I'm Nando DeFino. Stay tuned. We got a lot more coming your way. Be safe. Toodaloo. Toodaloo.